You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. The Daily Music Business Podcast. The content of this episode of the Daily Music Business Podcast comes from a video on the YouTube channel of Outer Loop Group. Go to outerloop.group backslash YouTube to subscribe. For Outer Loop Coaching's free seven steps to getting signed PDF, please visit outerloopcoaching.com today. Let's dive in. David, can we uh, wormhole a little bit on uh, uh, what Rohan's talking about, this interactivity with the fans? Like, what are some things that, uh, you you know, Rohan's got one example, but other things that, that more new artists who are trying to get to new fans how do they inspire engagement in their posts? And are there certain platforms that are better than others for it? Yeah. Um, in regards to the platforms, I think it's really important to understand that different platforms are, are used for different levels of engagement, right? Or different ways to interact with people. So Instagram's the time killer app. Um, a lot of people will sit there and scroll through it for hours and that's great. But it's also a platform where, dude, someone will pull up at a red light, they'll pull out Instagram for 30 seconds, look through stuff, light screen, and they're going to be going again. Um, Twitter is kind of the viral destination. That's where a lot of brands can kind of showcase uh, humor, which also incites a little bit of like brand vulnerability. Um, Facebook, as as shitty as it is right now, as far as organic reach, it's still a conversation destination. Like no one pops on Facebook for 30 seconds while they're at a red light. People go to Facebook with the intent to connect. And there's a great opportunity for bands to capitalize on that. I think I Prevail is one incredible example A lot of bands that are in the industry now, um, especially, we'll say three years ago when I Prevail just kind of took over the metalcore market out of nowhere, a lot of bands were so pissed off because they just paid their way to the top, which is absolute bullshit, dude. Like absolute bullshit. Those dudes work their asses off, but just in a new way that was really disruptive. So you have a 29-year-old like metalcore guy who was relevant five years ago and now his band's struggling. Um, but that dude used to go to Hot Topic and sell tickets all day. He'd sit at the mall for eight hours, move tickets, move tickets, move tickets, drive to the other Hot Topic two hours away to do the same thing. And now, just as tech and social media has grown so much, I Prevail was just the first band in our market to realize, oh shit, people don't go to the mall anymore. People are on Facebook. And now there's a huge resurgence where Metalcore is coming back, and I am a 100% firm believer that I Prevail had a lot to do with all of the new metalcore fans that are flooding in. Like, can you, David, can you real quick, can you recap yeah. for those who don't know, what did I Prevail do? On yeah, this? so so I Prevail put out a um, the same week that Taylor Swift's Blank Space video came out. They, they put out a really shitty, um, or shitty music video for it that they filmed like on their iPhones or whatever, like a cheap household camera. It wasn't great, but it went viral. Um, a lot of people don't know that what they did following that, which was they realized that, okay, we just got so many eyes on this. We need to stay in constant communication with these people. And so Brian, the singer, um, would literally for like 20 hours a day sit there and just respond to every comment, message every single person that liked the Facebook page and keep a conversation going. And that built such a firm foundation for them that a lot of the metalcore bands that started blowing up in like the early 2010s never really created um i love rise records i love artery um i love uh, dave shapiro but that was the trifecta in like 2010 you get all three you're headlining a 500 cap room in a year and a half and you're going to have a great six-year cycle and then you're washed up 
um, because a lot of bands didn't actually take the time to create this foundation. What I prevailed did is the same thing that a lot of bands were doing in Hot Topic in the, in the early 2010s. They just realized we have access to way more people now and it's way easier for us to carry 20 genuine conversations at one time instead of me sitting in front of the freaking Dunkin' Donuts at the mall talking to one person. And so I prevailed, just got really focused on doing that. And every single person that watched that Taylor Swift video, they would retarget them with a piece of original content. So a single that they wrote that sounded like the song, but now it's original music. And then they would maintain conversations with those people. Dude, okay. I hope this doesn't come across an arrogant in any way, shape, or form. We Came As Romans is not the biggest metalcore band on the planet by any means at all. But if you're a metalcore fan, a lot of the time, like you've probably heard of the band, whether you've listened to us or not. You've probably heard the name because we've been around for a long time. We supported I Prevail in 2017. We were direct support. The Word Alive was two of four and Escape the Fate was opening. All bands that have been around for a decade or longer. I'd go back to the merch table every night with our merch guy. And I kid you not, I would get 15 to 20 people a night asking me, I've never heard of you guys before. Is this your first album? All of I Prevail's fans are new, right? And that was the, created a massive resurgence in the metalcore market. And there's other, you know, um, um, people that were involved in doing that. But I think they finally, a lot of people in the industry just despised them for so long. And now they realize like, oh, these guys are actually really cool. They're genuine guys who just work really hard. And they worked in a way that wasn't being capitalized on by the rest of the industry. And now everybody's playing catch up. Um, but dude, I think that was that they're such a great example of being ahead of the curve and looking at what opportunities are on the table for bands to take advantage of. And dude, I think Finn nailed it. The reason that SoundCloud rappers blew up isn't because it, it was the most um, groundbreaking music in the world. It's they just, they did something new. They engaged with people consistently and they were coming from a genuine place. Um, you know, like whether they're conscious about it or not, their brand identity is so locked into who they are and they genuinely don't give a shit about if people liked it or not. And it created a whole new culture that blew up and blew up massively. Not to mention they were already capitalizing on, um, really making sure that like user consumption was optimized for people. You know, SoundCloud, when, as soon as that platform was created and it kind of put the ability for artists to release content whenever they want, it disrupted the whole album cycle strategy. And so that genre was kind of the first to just get on, you know, screw doing an album cycle and risk putting a hundred grand into something that could get disrupted because of bad PR or another artist coming along and doing something at the same time. Let's just focus on putting singles out every week and shoot, if it's crushing it for eight weeks, then maybe we just don't release a single. If people hated it, no worries, I'll release a single a week later. It allows you to adapt to the market and become so versatile that it, it really eliminates so much of your risk. I'm, look, I'm so looking forward to that uh, stretching well beyond that genre, but that's yeah, beyond the scope. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, uh, great content done consistently over time. It, it's social media as well, right? Um, it's difficult to call what I Prevail did uh, a hack. When you spend 20 hours a day working on something, it's hard to say, oh yeah, he hacked it. Because the word hack seems to suggest that you found a way to do it easy. But... Uh, in terms of how to do it well, even that seems to be a challenge 
uh, when it comes to social media for a lot of bands. So um, uh, when it comes to the hard work, what have you uh, expected from and demanded from your clients in the past in terms of social media and what they create there? Yeah, I mean, a bit of what Rohan attested to, which is with the artists that he manages or, you know, the ones that he's hired on to consult for, I expect the artists to create that content. And we, you know, I'm not the expert, but again, I go to guys like the experts that we've assembled here to be able to get those strategies. If the artist wants to participate in it, and in fact, I encourage that as often as I can, because if they can get educated, if they're interested in getting educated as to what Will it will what will then happen afterwards? Like what these guys will do with that content, it might help them, you know, tweak things just a bit in order to to make that content even more marketable. So, um, yeah, that's really it. <laughs> well, thank you. No, uh, Finn, uh, genre and brand uh, are really important to most artists' careers. Uh, what are some best practices for finding a balance between the quantity and quality that you were talking about earlier uh, when it comes to the brand itself to circle us back to the very beginning? Well, I think what you want to look for is what is the sort of core thing that your audience responds to in terms of, you know, the content. So do they like it when you do silly pranks or do they, like it when you share behind the scenes stuff or like what, what are the sort of, you're going to come up with, I don't know, two, three, four things that reliably people like. And then like, how do you execute that in the most efficient way? And I think there is an incorrect belief that um, budget and results are correlated. And I don't think they are because I'm sure all of us have worked on things that had a huge budget and flopped. And then we have all worked on or seen things that had no budget and did really well. So, uh, you know, with, with the understanding that, you know, there's only so many hours in a day and we can't all do everything, there's something you can do that people will respond to, that they'll engage with, that takes, you know, very little effort. There's something you can do, or very little time, I should say, because it's about like the thinking. It's not about the, it's not about the production and the execution for most, for most things. I mean, there's some things that do legitimately require a lot of production, but if, if the constraint is time, you know, for example, I know if I, if I ever tweet about attack attack, it will get a ton of engagement. I can, I can press that button as many times as I want and people will like it every single time. I don't mean that in a cynical way. I just, by experimenting, by putting stuff out, I've realized that's the thing people care about. Um, people are nostalgic about Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I can talk about that as much as I want and people will engage with it. And that's true for artists too. There's something that you're going to like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head, but like for a lot of artists, if they've been around for a long time, for example, we came as Romans or, or Joey Sturgis. Those are good examples. So our, I'm sure most of us know him. Anytime he posts stuff from the old days, some picture of him when he used to work in his shitty, you know, uh, garage with, you know, the devil wears Prada or something like that, that will crush. And it doesn't take him, more than 10 seconds to post that. And that's, you know, sort of capitalizing on some history that, you know, younger artists may not have. But the point is, find that thing, whether, whether you're pulling a, pushing on a nostalgia button or some sort of current events, or, you know, again, maybe just people like seeing you do something silly. Once you figure out what those things are, then the question is, how do we execute that in the most efficient way possible? 
can we save 30%, you know, can we do that 30% faster? Can we do it 50% faster? But that to me is how you serve, how you solve the quantity versus quality thing is you, you start by finding what people like and then how do you execute that? Subscribe today to the daily music business podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Yes, welcome everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! <laughs>